Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Once again, it's the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? You are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. Brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, your official after-party hangout for your Columbus Rapids. I've got a great show for you, but before I begin the show, I have a special announcement to make. Making his debut on the Sports Beat on Friday will be... Tyler Crowder, host of Kicking It With Crowder. I cannot wait to talk to this guy. We've been messaging each other back and forth, and I finally got a hold of him. So you'll hear that interview Friday morning, as I should have my regular guest next week. I got no guest today. I'm riding solo, and as I try to line my guests up, really it's got to be done weeks in advance. Like, for example, I had Matt Austin on the show yesterday. Well, We recorded that interview last week. We have got a great show for you. I'm going to lead the show talking about Troop County Baseball because I could not believe what I was reading via Twitter. But Reed Morris, that's a name you're going to hear for a while, hits a walk-off grand slam as Troop County comes back and beats Benedictine in Game 2, 9-8, to force a deciding Game 3 tomorrow. Troop County, they are being known as the Cardiac Kids. They do it again. And I was keeping track of this game. They lost the first game, and this was a do-or-die situation. They lose to Benedictine 8-1 to in Game 1. In the second part of the doubleheader, they were trailing most of the game. In fact, they were down at one time 8-3. to But to come back... On a walk-off grand slam. That is always a kid's dream. And I'm just going to say this right now. I would love to get... This is this is just a wish list for me. I would love to get Reed Morris on the podcast. If not Reed Morris, I would love to get Kevin Eckleberry on the podcast. Kevin, where are you at? I know you're covering sports in Troop County. Come on. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Let's get Reed Morris or Kevin Eckleberry or Tanner Glisson or Michael Buchanan, any one of those media guys up in Troop County. Let's make it happen because I'm not just a podcast that covers Columbus. I cover the entire Chattahoochee Valley, and I want to give some love up to LaGrange because what Troop County did was incredible. Congratulations. I cannot wait for Game 3 tomorrow. In other quarterfinal action in the GHSAA 4A baseball playoffs, that other team up in Troop County, the Grangers from LaGrange High School, split games one and two against Heritage, and they will have a winner-take-all game three, one win away from the semifinals of the state playoffs. That's going to be over at Granger Park, where I normally run the thread. 
I have got to make my way to Granger Park right after work tomorrow. That is going to be exciting. I would love to get Michael Buchanan on the podcast, too, and talk about Granger baseball. I'm telling you, I'm reaching out to him. If LaGrange or Troop County makes it to the state finals, I have got to get somebody from LaGrange to talk state baseball playoffs. I mean, this is a big deal up in Troop County. You got Callaway, LaGrange, and Troop County all in the state playoffs. Such an amazing time for those incredible high schools. Here we go. We got the quarterfinals in the GHSAA AA playoffs as Callaway taking on Vidalia. Today, game one starts. On the other bracket, you have Pace Academy taking on Bleckley County. Then you have Jeff Davis taking on Thomasville. And then you have Modell taking on Lovelet. So good luck to the Callaway Cavaliers in the semifinals. See, I knew I'd start this podcast with high school baseball. All right. St. Ann Pacelli. Got to give some love to St. Ann Pacelli as they are also in the quarterfinals. Their high school baseball playoffs as game one will be today at 4 p.m. against Mount Perrin Christian. You also have Wesleyan taking on Whitfield Academy. Fellowship Christian taking on Savannah Christian. And Prince Avenue Christian taking on North Cobb Christian. Don't forget that Central is taking on Auburn in the semifinals in the AHSAA 7A State Baseball Playoffs. And Game 1 will be this Friday night at 5.30. They are recommending to pack the house in Phoenix City and support your Central Red Devils. As they are taking on Auburn, which is also in the Chattahoochee Valley. I'm not sure why we're rooting for Central and not Auburn. Because, you know, my uh, my partner in crime for the Columbus Lions, Jared Diller, teaches at Auburn High School. So a big shout out to Jared and good luck to both teams. Now, I love these rivalries between these high schools. I really do. All right, in the National Basketball Association, the Boston Celtics get a huge road victory over the Milwaukee Bucks, 116-108. to 108. This game was exciting, especially in that fourth quarter. Seemed like Boston couldn't miss. Al Horford had a career-high 30 points. Where was this Al Horford when he played for the Atlanta Hawks all those years? Jason Tatum also had 30 points. Marcus Smart was a defensive stopper. Even though Giannis had his buckets, he had 34 points. Brooke Lopez was big in the paint. Nothing from the bench. I know that Pat Connaughton scored three threes, but Milwaukee led for most of this game. It's just that Boston took over, and now we got ourselves a game. We are tied at two apiece. And the Golden State Warriors get a hard-fought victory over the Memphis Grizzlies, 101-98 last night to take a commanding 3-1 series lead. The Memphis Grizzlies were playing without John Morant, but they were leading most of the game. Steph Curry led all scores with 32 points. And even though the Memphis Grizzlies were playing without John Morant, Stephen Adams, center Stephen Adams was welcomed back into the starting lineup. It was just an exciting game from start to finish. And the Warriors did not lead in the game until the fourth quarter. 
Memphis had a shot to tie it, but Draymond Green with the defensive play blocking Jaron Jackson's three-point attempt. And the game shifts back to Memphis for Wednesday night. Not sure the status of John Morant if he's going to play in that game. But I thought Memphis played tough. I mean, they were a very good team even without John Morant in the lineup. But that was the regular season, and John Morant is the ultimate closer. When Memphis needed a basket toward the end of the game, they didn't have many options. I knew this game was going to be a lot closer than Game 3 because the Warriors shot 61% in that game. Memphis just plays a little bit of defense, and that was the key. That's why the Warriors were not able to get their shot off because Memphis focused on defense, but it wasn't enough. And the Golden State Warriors, which I feel are the better team, they are the team with the experience. They have three key players that have three rings. And in the NBA playoffs, that matters. You could throw the regular season out. I know that the Memphis Grizzlies had a great regular season. It is all about who you have in the postseason that can get the job done. And now the Warriors are one win away from returning back to the Western Conference Finals. Everybody that wrote off the Golden State Warriors after Kevin Durant left, this is a very well-run team. The dynasty's not over. Yes, they did have that one bad year when Klay Thompson was hurt for two years. Steph Curry was injured for most of the year. And they had one of the worst records in the NBA. But they did come back to make it to the play-in game last year. But this is just a different team when you have Klay Thompson and Steph Curry on the court together. I said all along, when Klay Thompson returns, look out, because this Warriors team is going to be scary. I just thought that James Wiseman was going to be a key piece. I did not think that Andrew Wiggins would be a star, and I didn't think that Jordan Poole would be a contributing factor. The NBA playoffs, we've got some series. The 76ers travel back to Miami. That is knotted up at two apiece. As usually in these playoff games, the winner of Game 5 will go on to win the series 75% of the time. Don't fact check me, but I think that's possible. Then you got the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix, and that series is tied up at two apiece. I actually thought that Miami and Phoenix were going to run away with this, but the home team has won every game. And this is what fans want as Casual NBA fans, they want to see a Game 6 and a Game 7 and to get these games to get dragged out so we can watch some great matchups. NHL playoffs. You got the Pittsburgh Penguins beating the New York Rangers to take a 3-1 series lead. The Florida Panthers getting a big victory in overtime to defeat the Washington Capitals. You had the Dallas Stars leading the Calgary Flames. The Colorado Avalanche sweep the Nashville Predators. Here's what's on tap in the NHL playoffs tonight. The Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes all tied up at two. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs all tied up at two. The St. Louis Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild tied at two. And the LA Kings And the Edmonton Oilers also tied up at two apiece. 
So I just finished wrapping up watching the first season of Winning Time, the documentary that talks about the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm not trying to spoil anything, but the Lakers do win the championship in 1980. Kareem got hurt. Magic played center. We all know the story. And what's fascinating about the Showtime Lakers was that they were just getting started. You know, they had some turmoil with Spencer Haywood. They had Norm Nixon, the point guard. They had Michael Cooper get injured in that game. Jamal Wilkes was the veteran forward that came from the championship Golden State Warriors. But the Lakers did not start to become the Showtime Lakers until they drafted James Worthy, and then they got Byron Scott in a trade. Once that happened, and then they got Kurt Rambis, they took off, and that was the Showtime Lakers. You had three Hall of Famers. James Worthy was a very underrated player. And the Lakers went on to win titles in 82, 85, 87, and 88. So I've never been a Lakers fan. I've always rooted for the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. So let's talk about the Sacramento Kings because they just hired Mike Brown. And is Mike Brown the answer? Look at what he's done in Cleveland. And I'm talking LeBron's first run with Cleveland where they were making the playoffs. The Cavaliers were winning 60 games. They even reached the NBA Finals in 2007. But they were getting nothing done in the playoffs. Then Mike Brown goes to coach the Lakers. And he coached the Lakers in 2012 and 2013. So this is Mike Brown's resume. So, you know, he looked pretty good. All right. So he led Cleveland. He started coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2005 and left in 2010, takes a year off, goes to coach the Lakers in the 2011-2012 season. And then he was fired in 13. And then he went back to coach the Cavaliers. And that was the last time he was a head coach. He had success with the Cleveland Cavaliers to include a 66-16 and record in 2009. An 8.05 winning percentage. Something's got to give because he is a pretty good coach. And he had to be humble and go back to being an assistant. But the Sacramento Kings have not had a coach with a winning record since Rick Adelman. 11 coaches in the last 16, 11 coaches since 2006. And here we go. Eric Musselman, Reggie Theus, Kenny Natt, the late Paul Westfall, Keith Smart, Michael Malone, Tyrone Corbin, George Carl, Dave Jerger, Luke Walton, Alvin Gentry, and now Mike Brown. All since 2006, the Sacramento Kings have the longest playoff drought in NBA history. What has to change for the Kings to be winners again? First of all, when they traded away Tyrese Halliburton, I did not like that trade because I thought that they got a very good point guard in the draft. But they did get Domateus Sabonis, an all-star power forward, Harrison Barnes has got some championship experience with the Golden State Warriors. I like him as a player. De'Aaron Fox, I think it's time for him to go. I think they need to ship him out. I think he's going to get too expensive. 
I think De'Aaron Fox does need to go somewhere else because they do have a lot of point guards. Davion Mitchell. I like Buddy Heald as a shooter. But the Sacramento Kings, are they're not worried about offense. They've got to find defensive stoppers. The last time they had a defensive stopper, I don't know, his name was Doug Christie. The Sacramento Kings have not been relevant since the 2006 season. And I kicked off my sports documentaries talking about the Sacramento Kings because it's a fascinating story. I was a huge fan of The Greatest Show on Court from 1997 to 2005, and I'm still bitter about the 2002 Western Conference Finals where Tim Donaghy fixed Game 6, and I believe the Lakers should have an asterisk next to their championship in 2002. Yeah, call me bitter. All right, so here's what's on tap for this week. So I'm not having a guest today. Tomorrow, it's just, it's up in the air. If Brad wants to come on, we can do that. But I, I will have Jarman Fortson on the Columbus Lions podcast. I would like to do a double podcast. I would like to record that for the Lions podcast and include Jarman Fortson on my show because I would love to talk about him and his time at Carver, his time at Florida State, and now playing for the Columbus Lions. And then on Friday... I'm going to have Tyler Crowder, which is the host of a podcast called Kicking It With Crowder. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, he's a legit podcaster. You know, he's a guy that just loves sports. I, I love hearing his takes. You know, he is a diehard sports fan, and he also has connections with a lot of the Little Leaguers from the 2006 Little League World Series. So that's always great. And then... Sometime this week, I'm going to air my sports documentary on Frank Thomas. I had a phone interview with Dave Plata, and we went for about 40 minutes. I could actually take all those interviews and make it a show. That's how great it was. But Dave Plata was helping me out with my documentaries, and he's got some pretty good sound bites from the Frank Thomas documentary. So I'll go ahead and I will air that. Got to be very careful with that one because... There's a lot of footage. I mean, everybody knows Frank Thomas, but there's a lot of footage that I don't think I can use. But I wanted to get some of his Hall of Fame speech. I wanted to get some of his highlights, especially when he hit his 500th home run. Uh, Frank Thomas was just a great player, and he actually mentions Columbus, Georgia in his Hall of Fame speech, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, he loves Columbus. Great player, probably the best athlete to ever come out of Columbus, hands down. It's not even close. Frank Thomas is the best athlete to ever come out of Columbus. And, of course, he is in the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. I love that place. Every time I go to the Civic Center, I just take a stroll down the Sports Hall of Fame, and I look at all those wonderful athletes. And in a perfect world, I'd love to get all of them on my podcast and get a documentary. And soon, I, I believe Isaiah Crowell is going to be in this Chattahoochee Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, he is not done yet. He is rehabbing from that Achilles injury that he suffered in 2019. But the last time he was fully healthy and in an NFL uniform, he rushed for over 1,000 yards. I cannot wait to do the documentary on Isaiah Crowell. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by Isaiah. Such a great player. And a pretty good ambassador to the community of Columbus as he always comes back and gives back to the community. So that's always great too. All right. We got some local baseball teams in the Chattahoochee Valley that are in their conference tournaments. 
as Columbus State gets ready to host a double elimination tournament with the top four seeds in the Peach Belt Conference. Starting on Friday, the Columbus State Cougars is the number one seed taking on Young Harris, followed by Georgia Southwestern taking on Georgia College. And then on Saturday, the winner of Game 1 will will take on the winner of Game 2. And then the loser of Game 1 will take on the loser of Game 2, and so on, until they get a winner of the Peach Belt Conference, which will be awarded 1 o'clock on Sunday. And Columbus State is hosting this tournament. You can catch all the games on Cougar Radio as Scott Miller. What an impressive radio call the other day when Columbus State won it on a walk-off home run to defeat Flagler. Just want to remind you that Russell County High School football is going to have their spring game on May the 20th. Hopefully I can get head coach Dylan Griggs on the show. As August 26th, the home opener, Russell County taking on Harris County. And I will have the call on CTV Beam and the CW Channel 38. I am excited about being a part of the family over there at WLTZ. And it is just going to be exciting. An exciting time for high school football. Hopefully, as I have more of the high school football matchups, I'm looking to expand my guest list. Well, the NFL schedule release is not going to be until Thursday night, but we already have some matchups. The doubleheader Monday night football game, which I'm a fan of. Week two, it will be the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tennessee Titans, and then followed by the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I got to tell you, I think the Buffalo Bills is my dark horse to make it to the Super Bowl. I know that Cincinnati was maybe a couple of seconds away. If Joe Burrow had enough time, maybe Cincinnati would have won that Super Bowl. But I had to rewatch that broadcast between the Bills and the Chiefs. And Josh Allen looked as poised as ever. Plus, they've added Von Miller on the defense. I think the Buffalo Bills could make it to the Super Bowl. Now, it is a little early to tell. We're not even to training camp yet. But come July, we should see more movement. Looks like that the San Francisco 49ers are going to try to ship Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade once he's had the surgery and he starts throwing the football again. But there are reports out of 49er minicamp that they are underwhelmed by Trey Lance. What does that mean? I have no idea what that means. They're not blown away by Trey Lance's superstardom. He's still very young and he needs help. But I'll be honest with you. I thought he was fine. In the two starts he had in the regular season last year, played against Arizona. Yeah, he made a bad mistake in the Arizona game. He got stopped at the goal line. You got to remember, Arizona was undefeated in that game. And the 49ers only lost 17-10. to Then against the Houston Texans, by this time the 49ers have already wrapped up everything. I know we're months away from college football, but I can't wait anymore. I am excited about week one. I know we're months away from college football, but I can't wait anymore. I am excited about week one. Here are some of the matchups for week one in college football. I'm going to have a busy week because that Friday I'm calling Russell County, Harris County. I cannot wait for that game. I don't have times on any of these games, but I guess you could call it week zero. You got Vanderbilt taking on Hawaii, Duquesne taking on Florida State, Florida A&M taking on North Carolina, 
All right, so that's week zero. Let's start with week one, Thursday night, September the 1st. You have the return of the backyard brawl, West Virginia and Pittsburgh. You have Penn State taking on Purdue. Then we got a very interesting Friday night, Temple and Duke, Illinois, Indiana. But the real games don't start until Saturday. Just take a look at some of these matchups. Cincinnati and Arkansas. Are you kidding me? I know Cincinnati doesn't have Desmond Riddler or Sauce Garner, but they did make it to the college football playoff last year. And they get to play Arkansas to start the season in Arkansas. You got Utah and Florida. Utah won the Pac-12 and almost beat Ohio State last year, taking on Florida. And that is going to be in the swamp as Billy Napier's coaching debut, Anthony Richardson is expected to be one of the top players in college football this year. Georgia and Oregon, Bo Nix, Dan Lanning taking on his former team, the defending national champion seeing if they can run it back, Stetson Bennett at quarterback. But it's going to be a new-look Georgia Bulldogs team just because of all the players they lost to the NFL. I'm intrigued by Troy and Ole Miss. A big shout-out to former Russell County wide receiver DJ Epps. Hopefully he can get on the field. Notre Dame and Ohio State. C.J. Stroud is expected to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. Houston and UTSA. UTSA had that incredible run in the Conference USA, making it all the way to their bowl game. And, and then on Sunday, you have Brian Kelly's debut as LSU is taking on Florida State. And then on Monday night, the Chick-fil-A kickoff, Clemson and Georgia Tech, which feels kind of weird. Clemson taking on Georgia Tech, not at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And I was just going to take a little bit of a sneak peek into week two. I mean, you got Alabama and Texas. I mean, that's kind of not fair. Finally, Nick Saban travels to somewhere that's not a neutral site. I cannot wait for college football. Well, it seems to be all is well with the world now that Debo Samuel has decided to refollow the San Francisco 49ers Instagram page. Oh, isn't that something? I know I was worried that he would want to trade, but after a long night, a couple of long nights in the NFL draft, he decided that he's going to remain a San Francisco 49er. I could sleep better at night. I clearly think that Debo Samuel should get paid, just not the ridiculous amount of wide receiver money that somebody like Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs would get. I still think he should get paid, though. Debo Samuel is a great wide receiver, just not the vertical threat of a Tyreek Hill or a Stephon Diggs. But he says he doesn't want to play running back. Well, let's go. The 49ers need to make him their number one target. That's just the bottom line. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded and subscribed to my Facebook, Twitter. I'm on pretty much every social media, Instagram, and now on YouTube. So yes, the YouTube channel that once existed 12 years ago is now back. So you can catch the show on YouTube. I am so excited about that. Make sure you hit like and subscribe on the button, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. 
You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.